It is episode four of the 1080 Outdoors podcast, the rut edition. Jed killed a buck this past week with his trad bow. He also killed a Wyoming mule deer since the last time we saw you guys. We go over that. And we go over which days in the next week you should really focus on hunting. And if you haven't taken your days off, we give you kind of insight on what days you should take off. And if you have days to hunt, we give you insight on how to hunt them, where to hunt them, and when to hunt them. Thanks for joining. Episode 4 of the Tenny Outdoors Podcast. It's Taylor here with Jed. What's up? Jed, how we doing, man? Doing it's real been well. A good, it's been a good fall. Yeah. It has been a good it's fall. It's been a really good year. 2018 is yeah. really rocking. Well, before we get in, um, anyone that follows us too much will know that Jed did arrow a buck in Wisconsin uh, the other night, but we'll get in that a little bit. From the last time, it's been since October 6th since we released a podcast, so let's go. Um, you were going to Wyoming that last time, so what happened out in Wyoming? Um, some good stuff. We made it uh, no troubles. Morning number one, it was going to be a power two to maybe two and a half day hunt. Uh, morning number one, I got on to a buck, mule deer. I had a mule deer tag. got on to a mule deer buck that was running with a few does I spotted him from about a mile away and tried to catch up with him didn't before the uh, snowstorm started um, and that was probably snow probably started at uh, 10 30 11 o'clock and did not get done blowing until midnight so there was not a whole lot of hunting happening yeah, that was a weekend. It actually snowed in Wisconsin too. I think it snowed in a yep. lot, a lot of like northern states. Yep. Um, so then early the next morning, we were driving out to. I was going to a um, place that I uh, that we spotted a buck a couple times during our archery hunt, and uh, on the way there, spotted a buck in the snow not too far from the road so we just kept driving uh got to where the buck couldn't see us anymore i hopped out of the truck put a pretty short stock on it like it almost felt like cheating um i only had to hop over one little point and there he was standing feeding at about 175 yards and that was that isn't it crazy that you you went all the way out there in September, only person had to take out, then went all the way back out there, and then bam, it's like it driving along the road, something slapping you in the face. Yeah. Like, I think if I wouldn't have went on like a six-mile hike the day before, I would feel worse about shooting that buck as easily as I did. But Well, I'm a total believer. That's that's exactly like, like turkey hunting. I think about it in, in bow hunting too somewhat, but like, if you if you have e- enough shitty experiences i really do believe that at some point it evens out like hunting karma is a thing i yeah. do think that yeah and like that's a perfect example of it because you like not many people would have drove out to wyoming for just a weekend well you did. some people aren't as insulted by an unfilled tag as i am i guess <laughs> that's true so uh update on canada there's some whitetail action up there, huh? Yeah, um, so 
Jake and Don are up there making me really jealous right now. Um, sending back sporadic trail camera pictures, well, pictures of trail camera pictures and uh, updates. They got the bait stations all refilled, hung a couple stands. You wouldn't mind turning that on vibrate, would you? It's my fucking computer. Um, Don sent me a, a picture that he took from a four-wheeler of a buck this morning. Which we're still wondering why that was not shot. Yeah, really confused. Like, literally sent back a message as soon as I got it. Haven't heard from him since. That was at 8.30 or 9.30 this morning. Um, yeah, no moose on, on trail cam up there yet. Uh, a few tracks on our property. Um, a few wolf pictures, which is pretty exciting because you can buy over-the-counter wolf tags, which I currently possess. And hopefully get up there and... You actually, you have a wolf tag right mm -hmm. now? Yep. Nice. Yep. Hopefully get up there and call one in or spot and stalk one. However, however, have to make it happen. Be pretty cool to have one of them on. All right. So probably a majority of people listening, moms, are mom and dads. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, wait, they don't even listen, do they? <laughs> Abe Beckstrand, one... Confirmed listener. <laughs> so we're going to dip into the whitetail because it is right. Our recording day right now is October 30th. I'm hoping that um, we get this thing live tomorrow. So like everyone that is ready to go on Halloween. So let's dive into Jed's hunt from Sunday during the Packer game, which was October 29th. Jed, you have some history with October hunts before. Why don't you talk about your October 28th hunt of 2007? No, it was, uh, this year it was the 28th, 29th. Was it? Monday, okay, yeah. 28th, yeah. So, But my October 27th history is October 27th, 2007. I shot my first buck ever with a bow that just happened to score a net. 202 and four eighths inches and there's not any good pictures of it no that was uh that was well there were a few there, I, I remember, I remember some on a Facebook. few there, there's there's somewhere yeah just i don't know where there, i remember one of you like just holding it up between your mm -hmm. legs in a in a truck bed yeah, yeah cannot find that picture but uh when you reacted to your facebook it wasn't on there yeah what the Man, like I remember those like on Facebook. Yeah. Um But yeah, so I always try and get out on my anniversary date. Uh this year my uncle actually got married on my anniversary, so now him and I share an anniversary. But But that was still a productive night. Yeah, it was. With your yeah. deer. That's so let's a, that's an interesting segue. Right. Into But let's go right into your well, we're gonna talk about what hat like why we hunted where we hunted when Jed got his deer but let's just talk about your hunt because I think it's it's kind of cool it's yeah it's really cool okay so let we'll, we're gonna go into like the decision making process on why we did and what we did let's go like we're already in the tree let's go from there like straight replay of the hunt 
I don't think we can do a straight replay of the hunt without. You want to go back background story right now? No, 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 not the background story. Just the getting into the woods part. Okay. Yeah. So we did a we did a hanging hunt out at my like one of my main prop my one of my main properties that I hunt, um, and it, it unlike normal people that hang and hunt, we literally I attached a <laughs> ratchet strapped a ladder stand. Which it, it's not like it's not like crazy ladder like old ladder stand that was in like should Prob- have been probably in a dumpster probably manufactured in the mid nineties like tube, oh for sure I've never even steel. seen I've never even seen one like yeah, that have it, you no it's tube no. steel like like an old pool ladder kind of deal that yeah I got it from I got it from Donnie like yeah. he was like he's like gave me some shit and I was too <laughs> stupid to say no it I, it honestly works fine like it's not as sketchy as I, I did not know if it would be like like even climbable but we went with it yeah it, it works and it honestly carries well like it's yeah it's strapped to your pack pretty so decent put that and a hang on and jed carried a hang on strapped it to my backpack and we took off over the hill um we'll get into like the area that we hunted in a little bit but oh i'd say 40 minutes set up with everything noisy nightmare we there's we, like blade we, there's blatant trees and and like limbs on the edge of the field like we're getting no we're getting no shooting lanes and i had to like literally break off loud as and hell why why did you have to break them because for some reason we didn't have the saw that we normally have i bought another one today still not sure where that thing ended up but so i'm i sk- skinny out this branch limb with a knife limb maybe branch more like it with a knife that has like a two inch serrated part to it sawing like whittling breaking i mean just more noise than anybody would ever think they should ever make he's like out on limbs too doing this like we're i'm not kidding you. we are literally breaking limbs he's climbing out into trees everything and and we still only had after all that we i have like because I, I we put my stand face in the field because like I mean, we'll, we'll yeah, let's go. We might as well go in that. We decided a little while ago we're gonna okay, let's hang at the same height. You know, if a buck comes along, like I have a couple bucks in that area, which we'll get into in a little bit, that I want to shoot, um, that are re- that are regular on the trail camera, and I'm like, there's tons of bucks that I don't get, like Jed can shoot with his longbow because there's very little opportunities to get a, a decent buck within twenty yards and. Like Jed almost shot a fork the other night. So. Yeah, not a picky hunter. Let's not, just get that. Not out picky of the way. with a longbow. I was. He was not going to be shooting a fork out there, but he could shoot like exactly what he shot—a three and a half year old. Um. So we 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 stuck my stand out facing this field. Still, after all that, had one or two shooting lanes, like nothing great. And then Jed, we're the same level. We put the uh, tree arm in between us, so we're like, okay, if anything happens, we can easily switch and. And it really worked out perfectly. But, so, all that happens. 40 minutes. It's like 4.15 by the time we get out. We, like, left early, we thought. Like, we left before 3 mm-hmm. from the house. Mm-hmm. And, God, I bet it was an hour then we were out there. Because we left before 3. Because I remember you saying, like, oh, my God, it's almost 3. Let's get going. And then me thinking, like, oh, it's not a big deal. It'll only be, like, 20 minutes <laughs> to set up. But, uh, it had to have been a good hour then. So we like we get up there, we're in the tree. I finally get I like pull my bibs on. They aren't even they aren't even zipped up 
anything. I sit down to him, like, let's chill out. I turn around Jed, I'm like, hey, dude, like, chill. He's, like, over there pouting on his phone. I wasn't pouting. I, I called pouting. irritated. He's very irritated. I said, listen, we're in the tree, aren't we? Like, let's chill out. Calm down. There's a thousand deer in this area. Yeah, so we'll be fine. From the time that we left your house, because it, it was like two fifty when we left your house, and we got set up, and my first text message that I sent was, "Yep, two person hanging hunt equals total fucking goat rope." That was at three forty three. Oh, it was before four then. Yep. I guess that deer was in front of us for a long time. Yep. Um. So, yeah. So solid hour from the house, which isn't ideal, obviously. No. But something to say, something to be said. We were in an area where I knew where the bedding was, and I knew we weren't inside of that. But I also knew, like, and it, it was high winds all day. So yeah. Like, Let's highlight that it was. It was extremely high winds earlier in the day, and it wasn't as high when we were setting up. But it was definitely enough it was, to like. It was fifteen plus. Yeah. So like that's that was part of it too. Like I don't think we would have got away with all that if it would have been dead calm right no way so we set up i tell you to chill out and i turn back around i look down into a food plot that i have about 70 yards away and i, I, I actually something caught my eye i think it was must have been a doe or some little fawn or something that shot across like way down in the woods because from where we are you can see quite a ways and the woods is pretty open around us but there's bedding right below all the open parts is all treetops and you you literally cannot step in this woods without busting out dull groups so and then i see a buck coming at us right along the edge of the field walking on a road and i turn down here nice buck let's let's just make uh this known that it's a logging road that he's talking about not like a vehicle road yeah yeah logging road um and you know, he here he comes. We both ready. I I had my bow in my hand, and I literally said I will shoot that. <clears throat> um, just because I thought that it was a different buck. Yeah, we, I think we both kind of thought that it was yeah. one of the two main ones when we first saw it. Yeah, because it was walking just... sideways. It had a lot. It had good tine length, and it it looked nice. So once he clears some brush, I get a good binocular look at him. As we he's a, making a rub, making a rub. He's about 70 yards at that point. I'm like, all right, hand me the camera. Get your lawnmower ready. I get the camera. Five minutes of battery life on it. <laughs> so we're now we're in the process of handing the camera over to me. I put my bow down. Now I'm videotaping. Jed's in the process of because you had your you didn't have an arrow knocked or anything. No, I did have an arrow knocked. I knocked it off mm -hmm. trying to, because I'm reaching for a battery with my left hand, reaching for my bow with my right, and I'm coming at it from like the wrong angle and my, you know, I'm paying more attention to the battery than the, the bow, and my hand knocks the arrow, like my finger hits the arrow. I was trying to like split it so I could, you know, keep it onto the shelf mm -hmm. with just finger pressure. Well, I hit it with my fingertip, knock that down. So now I take my other hand and grab the arrow as it's falling. While I do that, I hit it against the limb of the I, bowl. I thought he, I thought he dropped like rattling antlers. It just sounded like some like tickled like rattling antlers kind of, but it wasn't good because 
There, there were two fawns in the uh, yeah, woods. Yeah, I can't remember if the fawns were there yet or they not. They were. They for sure were. Okay. That we so hadn't yeah, seen. He locked down on us, and then they were locked down on us too. When you and they were like forty yards, fifty yeah. yards away. And thank God they were fawns, because if they weren't, if they were mature does, we were yeah, toast. we were done. So all this is happening. The buck slowly moves up to those fawns. I think he checks both of them. He's grunting. Um, we get some video of that. I don't know if I haven't checked the audio yet on that, <clears throat> but I'm going okay, to need that battery, Jed, because he's at, he, he's moved quite a ways now. And I really still don't think that he's going to just come right down the pipe either. Cause where we're set up is a finger that runs off and we have fields all around us. And I never hunted that like exact spot. I didn't know how much they filtered through there, but now they, I know and they do. So, he starts walking at us. I'm well, sitting there. Be, before that happened, the does that he, you know, checked, or the fawns that he checked, they worked back down to where he came from. Mm-hmm. So, And that's, you know, like right, 70 yeah. yards they, down the hill. So, mm-hmm. we're, we're thinking, well, he's obviously going to go back the same way he came or just leave, you know. And all of a sudden, finally, I reach into my pack and I know that there's one fully charged battery for sure. And one unknown battery life in there and i finally get a hold of them and i'm just like well i don't know which one hand them to him i'm like good luck you know 50 50 shot does the battery switch and literally as the battery switching like click click battery in i look up he's he and he starts his beeline towards us on a trail I click it, battery in, turn the camera on, turn it to him, and literally that's the start of the the kill shot, which is only like a minute long until the the shot happens. Well, I mean, he comes on a beeline for whatever reason to exit that finger out into the cut cornfield, which we'll get into in a little bit. He walks within 20 yards. He stops. I think we both have the same thought. I'm saying, are you going to shoot him? Jed, while I'm saying that, is saying, I don't have a shot. And then he takes, I don't know, five more steps, and we we, we stopped him. and Yeah, I, I gave him two, which I hate doing, but he was moving at, like, if he would have been slow walking, I am a proponent of taking a slow yeah. walking shot at under 20 yards because you do not have a duck factor then. Like, a, a deer that's walking does not, in my experience anyways, does not duck, you, you know, like, crouch Definitely at, the, not as at bad. the shot right they might they, in my experience they freeze yeah. but they don't duck and by the time they like would duck the air was already to them but he was moving he was just moving too fast so i gave two meh and then taylor got aggressive with a meh <laughs> and he stopped and i was already at full draw and picked a hair and let it fly and he ducked and i actually ticked a limb and as the arrow went in, my first thought was, oh, shit, that's high. And I saw the arrow sticking out the other side, which looked good, you know, but it was also a split second because now he's running away. And he, like, he looks fine as he's running away and, you know, makes a loop and turns a corner. And and my first, like, still at this point, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in no man's land. You know, I'm above the lungs, below the spine, like, Oh my God, what did I just do? And uh, we listen, we hear some crashing, but but no, it wasn't crazy crash. It, it was still right. like 
It was like, like in my mind, like a deer running through brush, right? Which is a plenty down there. Yeah. And knowing that, I'm thinking, oh my god, there he goes down into that ditch and out of our lives forever. Like this is going to be a terrible blood trail. And uh, we we did a post uh, post shot interview and rewatched the footage. And every time we rewatched it, I got a little more confident, thinking, nah, he's toast. And uh, we hung around until dark that night because obviously we wanted to pull off a double. Um, we saw some more crazy action, little bucks running does around, does just running wild mm-hmm. for unknown reasons. Well, probably around 20 deer we saw. Yeah. In a, and it's not like, I mean, it's an obser- kind of an observation area. You can see a long ways, but it's not like you can't see like 700 yards. Right. Like everything that we could see, I would say, was within 100 yards. Oh, yeah. And then I think every every deer we saw at some point came to within bull range. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, and then if not, pretty close. I'd right. say that small buck that was pushing everything was probably the only one that yep. never did. Yep. Um, but yeah, so long story short, we go back to the house, review footage, which is one of the nice things about actually videotaping your hunts is it's insane is how much you learn from the mm-hmm. sh- video. It's an, it's it's invaluable. Yeah, you can say what you want to say about videotaping hunts, like oh it cost me a hunt, it cost me this. Well, I'm telling you something right now. If 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 we didn't have that video of that hunt, our fucking thoughts would have went wild yeah. for those two hours in the stand. After that, we may have not gone after it till the next morning. Probably not. Because I think. We, you had no way of knowing. No. No. Because we would have went down there. We would have saw some blood. We would have never found that arrow because we did not think the arrow was right. where it was going to be. Because right. the arrow went flying out of him. Yeah. We found that in video. Right. So we're, we we take it back to the big screen, plug you know, plug it into the TV, watching on that, taking it frame by frame. And as he's running away, because I knew that my arrow poked through the opposite side because I saw it you know, on the shot. I saw that it poked through. And then that was all I knew. Well, watching it frame by frame, you see my arrow twirl over the buck's back. And it's like, oh, interesting. It got pulled out. So we're thinking, and even in the video, we're thinking, oh, it's in the cornfield somewhere. We get down there, we're looking for blood, and it's like that thing probably flew seven yards. Like it was seven yeah. yards above the trail probably. Where Some resulted in the video. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Mm-hmm. It was actually, yeah, it was actually back up the hill a little ways. Yeah. Somewhere we would have never looked. Like, no. No. Wouldn't even thought to look. Um, But <laughs> that's why I always laugh at people. Like, oh, you guys, you guys, big videotape. Like, he's like, screw videotaping and ruins more hunts. Like, yeah, motherfucker. Like, I will take a, I will take shooting a buck on a video and being able to review your footage and where your shot is and knowing exactly your game plan for your blood trail than not shooting it and possibly costing you a hunt someplace. Like, and I, I can't even say it's ever really costed me that many deer. I don't think it's like, cost me any ever. Like, yeah, having two people in a tree together, but, like, are you playing the wind correctly? Like, are as long as, like, one isn't, like, ten feet higher than the other, your wind streams are going to be pretty much the same. Your scent's going pretty much the same place. If you aren't playing this, if you're playing the wind correctly, you're screwed anyways. Yeah, and another big thing is, if you can get footage of it running away, you can tell exactly what tree it ran by. You know that aids in the uh, in the tracking process greatly. In this instance, it ran into 
a wood or well that ran back onto the, the logging road area. We knew that, but we didn't have any landmarks to really. We just knew it took a hard right, right. to get through the woods, which I we actually thought it kind of kicked back. It just actually just took like a straight right turn mm-hmm. from the field. Um, but I mean, it's invaluable pretty much. Think about how jacked up you are when you shoot a deer. You're ramped up. If you have someone else with you, they're ramped up. You aren't thinking clearly. The fact that you can come back, put it on a TV, even in the tree where you watch it, and slow it down is invaluable to track jobs. Like, it's insane. <laughs> so, anyways, we get... Uh, I'm going to have to give Weston a shout-out here because I was really hard on him in a previous episode, but uh, he was the first one to agree to come help track. So, really appreciate that. Thanks, Weston. Weston Larson, come on. Come on, come on. Mitchell, and yeah, and Weston's brother Mitchell, too, came along. Mitchell, big dog, had a boy. Appreciate it. Um, like, looking back, really wouldn't have needed him. It was, you know. Mitchell spotted that arrow, though. He did. He did. Um, and the deer. But I think we probably would have found that without him. So, we're probably, we're going to come back around on that hunt. But let's, we're going to take a beer break. All right. We got our beers. I'm drinking a Hillsboro Brewing Company Joe beer. Thank you, Dane, for leaving those. Jed is drinking a, don't mention it. They don't deserve the airtime. Nope. Let's just say I'm not happy about it. (laughs) All right. So we're going to get into why we picked that spot and what has occurred out at that property recently. So to be clear... We do live in Wisconsin. We are consistently used to not a lot of deer, a lot of skunk hunts, a lot of low action. It's just generally it's not awesome. Yeah, we like we live in an area that's pretty much known for big bucks, not a lot of deer. Right. Yeah. We. we I mean, there's definitely your share of big bucks. You don't see them very often. But they're there, and right. comparable to anywhere in the country, um, and you just don't see a lot of deer. For whatever reason, we don't know why, this farm has blown up, and there is a lot of deer. We The first night we sat, we saw 15 plus, four different bucks, <clears throat> you know, made some adjustments, and we have two main bucks in that area that are very consistent on camera, probably the most consistent um picture friendly bucks I've had over the previous, you know, since I've been running trail cameras out there. I have a buck we named V Town. We actually saw him on hoof on the twentieth. Uh, you know, working up to a food plot. Made an adjustment on his stand there. The next night Jed and I sat across the road to a different food plot, saw a nice wide buck that I had pictures of from the summer working a ditch line. Went up to a scrape, hit that, and then disappeared. We thought we'd be able to get something done that night. And uh, it really comes down to there was standing corn in this area, and I think that drew a lot of them in because there is no standing corn really in the area anymore. Um, And then that corn got cut about two days before Jed's hunt. So Weston and I actually on Saturday night did an observation car sit and we're, we're able to see this little corner of this cornfield that we ended up sitting in. Saw between there and another, another cut cornfield that we were actually observing both. Saw 
20 plus deer little bucks bumping does i had a little hunch that maybe one of the does were possibly gonna pop soon because she seemed to be getting picked on a lot more than the other ones so i went with it i said we got a hanging hunt get something in that little finger that comes up along that cornfield and that's what we did we went in there we hung right on the edge of this cut cornfield all bedding down to our north with a northwest wind and strong it's a very safe spot like we're not getting we end up getting busted by one doe that night but she was just she was just being fussy she she was just hanging around at 10 yards and then saw us in the tree and wanted to figure out what we were but overall i mean i think it's i I think it's a good telltale you get any finger any little woods they're just magnets for these deer like they are access routes like the butt like the deer crews in this little finger come up from the woods and they come up through it and they either go to the cornfield or the other um, main field um, which goes down into another food plot where we've been seeing all these deer so overall I knew there's tons of deer over there we saw tons of deer over there the night before we went in that buck was walking with a north wind above a bedding area scent checking the whole dull bedding area and he happened to come through and uh it pretty much that's what it comes down to can you have anything else to say about that i mean we've been putting a lot of work in over the last four or five years out there and jed included i think i mean i'm not saying just crops have to do with that main deer out there like i, I was thinking about my dad last night i don't think a fawn's been shot out there in four or five years yeah that's probably a big thing um well, and there haven't been a lot of doe shot out there. I mean, not it, and especially Two on or that three a side. Year, maybe, but but those like last year, the ones that you shot came from the other side of the road. Well, last year I shot them in the back. I shot does in the back. Dad shot a buck. Yeah, no, you shot it over by. That was two years ago. Unseth. That was two years ago. Yeah. Well, I did get one over there last year too. Oh, okay. I had a couple of does. But, um, yeah, just, I mean, hasn't been a ton of people hunting out there. I, yeah, just, there's not, we just, no one's been reckless out there for the last five years, to, just to be like clear. Like, no one's recklessly killed something. Or everything. Yeah. And I don't, I literally do not think a fawn has been killed on that side of the road in five years, at least five years. Like, because I'm thinking back of deer drives that we've done, which I'm not a huge fan of, but we do them. And Jeffrey did a great job one night, one day, had deer come. Because it's impossible. To, it's it's really hard to know when deer are coming through on a drive unless an adult's with the right, fawns. Right. If you see a single deer, I find it very hard to shoot. It's like, very, if, yeah. if I'm concerned about not shooting fawns. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, it's when hard running, to tell. When they're running, they like, I, yeah. Well, you need nothing to compare him to, but like, luckily, right. he was about to shoot one a couple years ago. So the adult was doe was right behind him. He's like, "Oh shit, that thing's way bigger, nice size doe." Ended up shooting that. But we, there's been a lot of those situations out there in the last few years. Yeah, you know, I don't know though. Like, is that the right thing to do in that situation? Well, if like, you want to, like, I, I really, I really don't think that is. I, th- I think if you, if you, if you have a doe problem, and you want to get rid of does. Well, either shoot your old does that 
which people claim they can tell that are dried up, which I don't understand how you no. know that. No, see, I, I would go the exact opposite way. Like I say, shoot your fondos that you know, or that your doe fawns that if you want to shoot does, shoot your doe fawns during gun season. Uh, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think you shoot the does themselves. So right. what, what I'm saying, question, what, what I'm saying is if you want to build, like you want more deer around, do you shoot the doe or do you shoot oh. the fawn? I would say you shoot the fawn. She's unproven. That doe obviously works. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. And she's already bred most likely. Right. Yeah. I agree. But that, I think overall the biggest thing is there hasn't been a lot of deer shot out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of bucks out there too. Like there's a lot of two and a half year olds. Well, year old I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the next farm over no longer has standing corn on it all yeah, year round. I agree that has something to do with it too. I think that farm has had standing corn as long as I remember, and it's hundreds and eight hundred acres probably between the other farm and mm-hmm. it, none of it's there. It's all beans this year and puts them in the woods. In the woods, and they were around the last standing corn in the area, and now right. it's cut, and they're on it. So it's it's interesting, but I, I still think. If you want more deer on your property, I do think it's possible over time. Even if your neighbors are idiots, give them a place to bed. Give them some food. Don't, Don't shoot little deer. If you run it's into so the pro- fun, if you run into the problem with having too many doe, I always I'm kind of in the belief that why not? If you can, if because you like let make sure you know it's a doe fawn. Don't shoot nub bucks, like. But, like, why wouldn't you shoot the doe fawn instead of the doe that's already been bred with some of the bucks on your property that's already going to hopefully produce a buck that spring and you just shot her? Like, it's common sense. But, so, our plan. Right now it's October 30th. Tomorrow's October 31st. Not great weather plan. I think tomorrow's a little better, but it's still supposed to be warm. It's supposed to be upper 50s, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm pulling up the weather right now. Pressure hanging in the 29 and 3 Pressure quarters. Pressure shitty, rain, man. Rain. That's the thing. We had amazing middle of October for weather, like huge cold streaks with big pressure jumps. And like we saw the deer moving because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't really have too bad of a lull this year. Mm-mm. Just weather-wise, I think tomorrow is going to be decent. The first looks like to be a decent day just because it's going to be sunny. A little warmer than you'd like, 52, but either way, I think it's fine. Friday doesn't look terrible. Um, I mean, there's no like big, big weather changes that are going to really like, ramp stuff up. I, I, I honestly don't mind this. 40s and 50s like just because i i'd rather almost be comfortable in the tree unlike last year where you had like the most incredible technically weather for deer movement where i think it just almost got to a point where like i i could i can't sit in a tree when it's 10 degrees and it's 25 mile an hour winds sorry and the pressure was like insane those days so i think just take advantage of the of the sunny weather and, and get out there so our plan we were just talking about that earlier today. I think I'm going to hunt tomorrow afternoon. 
look at this weather. I'm going to hunt Thursday morning and night. And I'm not going to do an all-day sit or anything. Um, Friday the same. Saturday, potentially. Depending on what Jed wants to do. And all I hooked Jed in is being cameraman because he shot a, a buck on the property that we hunt. Do you think the property that we hunt had anything to do with me being cameraman for the rest of the, this rut? Oh, he's not a bad person. Here's here's another thing. Don't be a bad guy. If someone if someone hunts, if you got a hunting buddy that you hunt with all the time and then you kill a deer, don't be that guy that leaves. If your wife... Hey, leaves, see you later. Yeah. Well, like, thanks for giving me my deer. No. Wife better understand. Like, chill out. Or girlfriend. Whatever. So... Our tips for you. My biggest thing is what, what everybody's situation is different. If you're still considering, if you have high understanding, like if you have like high flexibility on the days you get to take off, like say you have six days to take off, you haven't picked them yet, and it's over the next two weeks, pick the days with weather. That's good. You know, pick, I would say pick one of Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. They're nice days. They're not like nothing's like sticks out as great. Look at the wind. There's a lot of east winds in there. It's weird. Um, Nah, nice. not, it's not really that weird though. I no, remember it always happens. I remember it always happens for a little stretch. Yeah, I remember two years ago we had like a full yeah. two weeks of east winds. I know it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> remember that too. So look at your, figure, figure out your stands, pick your winds. There's nothing crazy that jumps up. I if the what if the forecast stands good right now, Wednesday, November seventh looks like to be a really good day, and then it looks like probably the eighth is going to be high pressure, but that's a long ways away. I don't know. Just for the near future, probably until our next podcast, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, pick one of those days. Um, and then hunt Saturday, Sunday, as much as you can. Hold tight until we get a better idea next week. That's mine. If you have your days already selected, if you're that guy that took off November 1st, if so, if you took off this week, um, which a lot of people did, or maybe people took off next week, then hunt as much as you can. The better days with wind, the better days with weather, go in deeper. Still still be smart. Don't be an idiot. Just diving into places. Because I still think, and Jed still is the same believer, I still think November, November 1st through the 7th is a waste of time. But I may be proven wrong. Well, it's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. But it, it, the, here's how I explain it. If somebody came down, like ruler of the world came down, Gun to your head, you can hunt the last week of October or the first week of November. You can't choose both. Make a decision right now. Last week of October, every time, no debate. Mm -hmm. My first question I would ask is, what's the weather forecast? If you if you gave me a forecast and they have the exact same, I say October. If you gave me a forecast that had end of October being terrible weather and the first, I would like I st I'm still big on weather. But all playing field the same, end of October, those last five days, I love them. Especially the last two years. We've seen so many big bucks. Those, it's, it's just stupid. Like, everywhere. You got to put the time in. Cause people, I think people, like, save up for, like, the first week. And, like, don't go sometimes that last, like, five days. That's stupid. Well, I think so. I mean, you're basically gambling on if the hot dough in your area is going to drag a buck past mm -hmm. you that time 
you know that's what the first and seventh is right right yeah. the the last five days of october is i'm going to spend as much time in the woods while the bucks are running around like idiots covering the most ground yeah because they know? are they're covering they're not i don't think they're not doing the middle of the day movement but they're doing the they're doing they're, like they're, they're getting the up earlier loops. and they're staying up late yeah. They're doing the big loop. Because they're doing, like, I've had, like, that last week, I've had deer hit hit scrapes a mile apart in the same night. Like, they just make a giant, they hit every scrape in the area, and you, like, hopefully you catch them either coming back or leaving early. Yeah. And, like, your buck was, came out of a buck bedding area that I know of for years, thick, nasty, there's always big rubs and scrapes in there, and, uh. I'm guessing he was getting up early and he was just making his rounds. And he saw some does. He hung up and got a little bit fired up. And, uh, but that's the deal with that. Like, so. Yeah. My, uh, my, like, favorite rut advice, I guess, would be to, you know, if you know the doe bedding areas that are out of sight of the field edge, get above them 40 yards into the woods. So you can you can still make a shot to the edge, especially if there's a scrape up there. But the most bucks that I've seen during the you know the pre rut especially um, that make their rounds they get they get on the uh, just into the woods, you know, in that twenty to forty yard range, and just run that edge, scent check everything. Yeah, I mean. So that's my favorite spot to be when. The end of October shows up. Look at your prop. I'd say look at your property kind of like a roadway. Or like, how would you walk your property? If you walked a big circle around your property, or if you walked right through the middle of your property, how would you walk? Because they're getting, they're going to go the easiest access. They check as many bedding areas as they can. Look, when the, when the, the bucks are actually looking, okay, like those mature deer, you only have a day or two to get them because... Like once they find her, it's over. Like you're not gonna see them most likely unless she for some reason walks by you. But those couple days right now, and then after November 10th through like the 18th, like you have your shot. Just I I like to sit on those pinch points and funnels where a lot of deer come through. It's easy access for them. It's it, one way to get from one point to the next point. That's easy. One way to cut a whole point. You know, like we saw that on Sunday morning. I, I firmly believe he was going to cut that whole point and just circle below that, you know, with the wind the way it was. And he got... So Sunday morning after Jed's hunt, we went out, <clears throat> uh, hunted the other field that I observed Saturday night and saw a lot of deer movement. Number one buck, which would be the other buck, not V-Town. Um, real big, older, I'd say he's five at least, with his body. Um, just a giant... I, I, just a giant frame on him. Nothing like, he's not like crazy. He's not going to score like 180 or anything, but real nice deer. And we saw him just absolutely like making a horrendous ruckus walking through the woods. Like, yeah, he, he wanted his presence known. Like sounded like a cow just right inside the inside of the wood line, but he was right over the edge where we couldn't see. We heard him. Like it was no like take a couple steps, stop, Messy was one. He was on a dead walk, heat, like dead walk. Went over a point, which I believe he was going to go over that. He checked the rub there. 
he was gonna, I think he was going to go over that point and circle a whole betting area below with the wind the way it was. Um, and he caught something out of his eye or something because he turned right back around. We lost sight of him, and it was a 10-minute brawl with another buck that we never saw, but I can't imagine what he was because he was fighting with him. And it was like, it wasn't 10 straight minutes, but it was a solid couple minutes right away. Grunting, crashing, thrashing, break for a little bit, fight again, break for a little bit, fight again. Deer grunting everywhere. Like, it was insane. One of the crazy, my craziest experience I've had in the woods. So, but I think that deer right there was, he was, he's a long ways away from any picture where I've had pictures of him before. And he was trying to get back to his bed, but he had probably made a giant loop at night and was late. And he still, I still think he had a ways to go to get back to his bed. But like, that's when you catch him. And we, we were in a spot where we have the, we have the area picked out. Like we're going to be back there at some point, but like that spot makes a lot of sense. Like right inside the wood line. Easy access for him. He was cutting a lot of ground. He was covering a lot of ground in a short period of time, pretty much. And he was checking, checking a lot of bedding areas on the way back to his bed. And that's that's what they do all night. And they but this time of year they get caught up and they get late, and that's or they or they leave early. Like that's when you can get them. So Jed's biggest thing is forty yards in from the woods. I say just anywhere in that forty yard range, really. Um, biggest any funnel or pinch you find. Dull bedding. And and don't ignore the saddles that cut up over points either. Yeah, that's exactly what he took up. Right. And I think the biggest thing is throw your trail cameras away. All they're going to do is piss you off. My biggest thing is I use them for now. I leave them out. I use them for next year. I don't care. I don't check them. I'll check them when I walk by them. But, like, if you think that you're going to check a trail camera and think that that buck's going to be there when you're sitting there, you're sadly mistaken. Unless you have a... Um, cellular camera that because I I mean there's something to it like if you if you get pictures and that are sent to your phone and there's like four bucks running through there in the morning there's probably a hot dog in the area so get your ass to that stand but anything else man on the whitetail front it's gonna be a fun couple weeks I know that we're excited I hope everyone else is no I think I'm good on the whitetail front a lot of pressure off Jed a lot of pressure off Jed. Yeah, the, I I honestly think that's the first buck I've shot with my bow in six years. That's crazy. You weren't hunting like super hard a few years ago. Last couple no. of years, all you did. No, yeah. Um, that and I kind of like last year. I probably wouldn't have shot that buck. Right. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I passed two bucks that were very equivalent to that deer. Mm-hmm. Um, but making the move to trad bow and just not killing a buck for that long. Do you feel like next year you're going to be more selective now? Because you've killed him? Do you, no. No, I don't. <laughs> that was so much fun. Like, I think I got to get two to three more of them under my belt before I get a little more selective. I'll, I shouldn't, like... I will be more selective than I was this year. Like probably not drawing down on the first fork that walks past like I did this year, but not letting the deer that I shot walk next yeah. year. 
He's not, he's not a bad deer. Like, there's so no. many people that would be so happy with him. Yeah. Like, probably the biggest deer they ever shot. A lot of people. Mm-hmm. He's like a you know typical three and a half year old. Southwest Wisconsin buck. buck. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. He's... Oh yeah, like I'm not sitting here with with kill remorse in the least. Like yeah. I will brag about that until I'm 80 years old if I live that long. You yeah. know, and it all comes down to like what makes you excited. You right. I let me tell you. I'm videotaping that buck running away, and I look over to Jed, and the guy is shaking like a goddamn leaf in a tree. <laughs> I was so jacked up. Like, you don't have, there's no second guessing after that. No. Like, if you get that kind of reaction out of you, then you did the right thing. Yeah. Like, I've, I've always said, and I don't know if we've had this discussion on the podcast or not, but, like, I will not judge a person based on what they shoot as long as their reaction is pure bliss. Like, if you shoot a fork... And you're bragging about it to me and are happier in hell about that fork that you shot. I'm happy for you. Good for you. Like, I do not care what people shoot unless they shoot an animal and then are, like, sad about it. Like, yeah, you know, I kind of wish I wouldn't have shot this. Then then don't. Right. And, the, and half the time, they're, they were probably excited when they shot it. But they feel the need because, like, we hunt a lot. They feel the need because that's how we are in the society of hunting right now. That like oh we're t- they're talking to like us like they know we hunt a lot so they have to like make an excuse for the deer they shot like no I tell every single person that comes up to me they shot a deer and I, I had a lot of people that, like oh well yeah I probably should have let him go but you know I thought he was bigger why why were you sitting in the tree after you shot shaking like were you what, did you have a huge adrenaline rush like were you excited. <laughs> If the answer okay. is yes, then you yes, should have then shot. Don't make an excuse to anybody. No. Nope. Like, and if anyone has, if any, if you're a guy that re- literally says to people, you should have let that thing grow. The guy that goes, well, that thing would have been nice next year. Shut up. Unless are you gonna Are you like- gonna fucking capture the deer <laughs> and make sure I see him next year? Are you Are you gonna put a fucking tracker on him and make sure he comes back here next year? Okay. If you were gonna tell me that deer makes it through gun season. Comes back and meets me the same day, same stand, same opportunity. Next year, I'll let the fucker pass. But unless you are, what, shut the fuck up and mind your own business. What about all the roads it crosses in its life? Yeah. You know? Like, does it get... I don't get excited. Like, I I saw the buck that Jed shot. I wasn't excited because I was like, that... Like, we have tons of those deer. Jed's carrying a fucking longbow. It's insane that he even killed a goddamn deer with that. He actually killed a nice buck with it. Like... It's all about your perspective of your deer. And if you are a person that makes people feel bad about deer that shoot... I hate you. Shut the fuck... Get off this goddamn podcast. (laughs) Undownload it. Unlike it. Don't want you a part of it. Your breed is dying. Like, you're, you're the type of hunter that has caused the issue that we have in the hunting world right now. There's not enough people buying license that public land's getting... You're the reason. Okay. So, that covers pretty much our whitetail coverage for the week. What's your random thought? Do you have one? Uh, yeah, I did, but I think we just covered it. How much I hate people who are judgmental about what other people shoot. Yeah. Well, you did make a rule that the random thought cannot be hunting related. Oh, I did. All right. Well, then, my random thought is uh, it's it's a question, and then I have a... a you have your own answer. Yeah. Nice. Um, what is your favorite one-liner? Like, of all time. From a movie? Nope. Just any favorite, like, statement. Just a one-line statement. It can be as deep as you want. It can be as, like, 
Mine actually is from a movie. I guess I'll give you mine, and then you can. Okay, I gotta think about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh. So mine, it like, it's a life perspective, life choice type deal. It comes from uh, um, the Shawshank Redemption. Andy Dufresne said, "You get busy living, or you get busy dying." Yeah, I remember that's a good movie too. I yeah, one, love that movie too. Long one. Love that line. Like it just it resonates with me, you know. Like mm-hmm. and that that gets down to like going to Wyoming just for the weekend, you know, or making six trips to Canada this year, or you know any of that type of stuff. Like how many times have people who you know like that I know, oh, do you even have a job anymore? You know, when do you ever work? like yeah well i guess i take a lot of time off but you know what i have a lot of fun well yeah and you aren't you're responsible about it either like not like you're you're not collecting food stamps well no no but that's that's my thing and like my thing is get out there and make memories be be busy living well that is the point of hunting like you (laughs) I, i mean yeah i Besides, besides what? eating the animal, right. like what else is there besides the memories that you have? Like once the animal's dead, you eat it; it's over. I love it too. Then what happens after that? What's your what's your what'd you what'd you grow up? Your grandpa hunted. What did he tell you about his stories? Like what? What did your dad tell you about his stories? What did your mom tell you his stories? Like their stories. Like, that's what hunting is. That's what life experiences are. If you don't make memories enough to tell your kids or tell your tell people in the future, then what the hell are you doing? Okay, let me try and come at it to you from a different way. Don't be the guy who says, at some point, I'm going to do this hunt. Yeah, yeah, eventually I'd like to go and do this. Eventually I'd like to go and do that. Quit quit being the eventually guy. Mm-hmm. Get busy living. Do it. Yeah, you're probably going to piss your family off. Like I've got several most family members who are not happy with me right now. <laughs> Get over it. I'm living, all right? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember that many family Christmases. I remember every fucking deer I shot. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and I remember every turkey I shot. And right. I guarantee I remember my first bear I killed, the first mule deer I killed, the first elk I killed, and the list goes on. Right. So, unless you're going to have a life-changing memory for me at the family Christmas, if there's a hunting trip for me to go on, I'm going to go. Sorry. Not sorry. Like, <sighs> my one-liner... Hmm. Man, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really live, I don't really live my life by like, like models and stuff, I guess. I'm also like a egotistical like piece of shit. Like I, I would say like I'm more like, I make my own fucking one liner. Like I live my life the way I want to live. Like, I don't know. I'd say more of a life model type thing where it's like, don't, you can't, if you're, if you're, you can't, you definitely cannot like live your life hoping for approval of like the majority of people. Cause I, I probably did that for a while, but man, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, if you're not enjoying like, if, what, what are you waiting for? If you have problems or if you, if you don't like your job or if you don't like like the amount of money that you make or if you don't like the things that you do, then why haven't you changed it? Like, what do you want? Like, what do you enjoy? What are you good at? 
If you're good, if you have a skill in life, most likely you probably have a way to monetize it, which would probably make you enjoy your job more. I mean, that's my biggest, like, there, I made my own fucking one-liner. If you have a skill, monetize it, or stop complaining about your job. Fair. That's my biggest, like, complaint with people. I worked in I worked in a fucking industry or whatever you want to call it, a job field of police work where every single fucking person I talked to hated what they did pretty much. Like there are some freaks out there that liked it. Like but the simple question is, okay, if you don't like it, what are you good at? Oh I'm not good at anything. Well, what the hell have you been doing for forty years? You haven't had you haven't you haven't captured one skill. <laughs> and Yes, that's another thing. Build your skills up because they can come in use. You think that was would that suffice? Yeah, nailed it, man. So, so biggest thing is get out in there and hunt. Your boss will forgive you. I mean, probably, probably. And Don't lose a job or anything over it. Like, make sure you can like live your life, but like also don't. Sick days are there for a reason. If anyone asks you, tell them you're fucking sick. I'm sick. Don't be posting on Facebook that you're in a tree, though. (laughs) (laughs) My random thought. Yeah. My random thought is I despise moving. I'm currently moving. We're literally sitting in my office right now with everything packed away except this computer and these mics. Moving's the worst thing in the world. He's been... Uh, screaming at his roommates ever since I got here because apparently they weren't helping enough. Uh, it's in total shambles. I hope to never do this in my life, but maybe one more time. It looks terrible. Got me thinking about what it would take for me to move a really, really big dumpster or three. I was going to say, that thing in the back, we got a dumpster, and that has helped a lot. Yeah. Because... I looked at it because I've done move. I've made, you know, how many moves now over the last six years. And there's a lot of shit that gets collected. And I don't know where it comes from. Like, I looked around my house the other day and I'm like, I don't need three quarters of the shit that's in here. I threw two garbage bags of clothing away, dude. It hasn't been worn in years. I've had two garbage bags sitting, like, by my door for months. Of what? Clothes. Oh. And I could do another four, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm like a big fan of downsizing now. Although I do hate losing any type of like useful item. Like if I think anything might be useful for me in the future, I will not throw it away. It's it's terrible. Like I'm not I I I'm I like reusing tax. Like I'm not throwing those away. Alright, let's cut this off. I'm sure we're over our time limit and I gotta piss. Yeah, I gotta cut this up a little bit. But yeah, so share, like, do everything you need to do. It's episode four. Thanks for listening. Good luck hunting.